This is Leafs Game Night on TSN 1050 and the Leafs Radio Network. The Leafs live here. It comes back to the point. Nylander shot blocked. Rebound! And a quick shot is blocked again. And the Blue Jackets are going to split the home-and-home affair. Elvis Merzlikens is going to pick up his sixth win of the season, backstopping the Blue Jackets to a 4-3 victory here over the Maple Leafs this evening. Welcome to the postgame show live from Scotiabank Arena. Jim Taddy, Frankie Corrado, and Jimmy Ralph with you. 4-3, as Bonesy said. The Jackets over the Maple Leafs, their fifth road win of the season. Uh, it was a second period. You'd like to relive pretty well every second of it. So 4-3 is the final score. And, and Ralphie, uh, you know, you're looking for, uh, you, you seem to revisit this from time to time. You're looking for uh, a collective effort not to have that happen, but it doesn't seem to come about. No, and, and you know what you can say, okay, you through the course of a season, you're going to lose some games that you have an inferior opponent. But how many times now? Now you start counting, okay, Arizona, Montreal twice. Now Ottawa comes in and you lose the. Now, you know, then you've got Anaheim, San Jose. That, uh, you know, the list every year seems to be just a little too overwhelming. That uh, that it's hard to figure out. You've got everything going for you. You've got uh, a goaltender for Columbus that's having a horrible season. You get two past them in the first ten minutes that aren't great goals. You should be able to lock the game down. But you let, the, you let Columbus hanging lead. around. That's the biggest thing. It's the fact that you had a 2 nothing lead. And even the first period, like we said, it could have been 4 nothing. It could have been 4 nothing because Columbus's goaltender looked that shaky. It wasn't yeah. necessarily that the Leafs were that dominant in that period. But, but like, they, what were the shots in the first, like 7-4? It was 11-4. Yeah, 11-4. And then... Columbus comes out in the second period and gets 21 shots. Like, that's not even close. No. Like, they completely left their foot off the gas. And the biggest thing it came down to, for me anyways, I don't know if you saw it the same way, the amount of puck battles they lost, little stick battles, yeah. just it seemed like every single one in that second period they lost. And then it was like, oh, now Columbus has the puck again. Columbus is breaking out. Columbus is attacking and, and off Columbus, the rush. And Columbus wasn't doing anything fancy. It was win those they don't, battles. They don't know throw, how to do anything yeah, fancy. Throw it to the net. Just throw it to the net. And there were some, some rebounds. And, again, when you talk about losing the battles, you lose battles for rebounds in front of the net as well. So, I mean, it's like I said, if it was a one-off, and this was the first, you know, uh, the first time it happened. It's not bold team that you lose to. <laughs> you'd say, okay, you know what? It's going to happen through the course of the year. But like I said, there's there's just been too many of these that you you struggle to make an excuse for. Yes, there's no Austin Matthews, but still. Well, you got so a kid in goal. You could play for him. Yeah, and and that's the other thing that you're a little disappointed for is that uh, it was almost as if once the Leafs got up two nothing, they said. Okay, we're, we're done. That's sometimes Here. dangerous in, in a game like this when you take an early lead, right? Like you're, you kind of fall asleep and you say, oh, this is easy, right? Yeah. Like you, you, you go to bed a little bit during the game and sometimes it's the worst thing that can happen yeah. for you. And we saw Columbus, they just kind of hung around. They didn't do anything special, like you said. And the next thing you know, it's like now their bench is engaged. You could see Brad Larson hopping up and down yeah. the bench, talking to his players. You could see all the life coming out of that bench. And you look at Toronto, you're like, Hey, someone needs to wake up. The crowd was out of it, right? Like, and how do you yeah. blame them? There was there was nothing to cheer for in that second period. This was one of those games too that, you know, you know, the top guys still ended up finding the, the score sheet that you needed the secondary scoring. You needed, you know, an yeah. involved Kerfoot, Camp, uh, Yarncrook goal 
Steve's uh, almost got one. Doing, yeah, well, they hit two posts, right? Yeah. Like they, yeah, well, they, they go get on the first period. He scores, and that, then it's 3 nothing. Yeah. And, but, but again, you're going, okay, does that mean they would have blown a three-goal lead? <laughs> well, does that, yeah, <laughs> like, like they, they still gave up point. 21 shots in the second period, and they let in, you know, three yeah. well, thir- unanswered goals. 36 shots through two periods. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's 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 mind-boggling, um, you know, how they, they just seem to pull up. It, w- it was as if, you know, the, the old, uh, you can find a million videos on uh, on YouTube or on the Internet where a guy thinks he's won the race, so he just pulls up and somebody zips past him. That's yeah. What it felt like. Yeah. The least felt 10 minutes into the game that, you know what, we've got this. Uh, we handled him last night. Uh, and, and I think once you get to the point where you think your opponent has no battle left, that's what ignites the comeback, and, and I think that's what happened. The Leafs was as if the Leafs said, "We don't have to do anything because they're not going to be interested in winning this game." So probably what's more bothersome than the fact that they didn't play well in the entire second period was the lack of any kind of adjustment or anything, any kind of pushback. I mean, that's a full twenty minutes of just letting it happen. Well, push pushback is is interesting because. Like a lot of the time, we think of pushback as you got to go run someone over, right? No, and, no, no. And and but but Michael Bunting was doing his thing, running his mouth, trying to stir something up. And I appreciate the way he plays. I think it can be a, a big time positive for a team, especially in the playoffs, right? But I just wonder at what point do you say I'm just going to drop my gloves now? Like now I'm going to say I'm ready to drop the gloves. I'm ready to fight. Like you're in that battle enough times, right, where you can maybe spark, get a spark in a different way. But the guys lower in the lineup, too, those are the guys that can help. We talk about this all the time. Be the setup line, right? Like create a little momentum for the team. Hem Columbus in their zone a little bit. See if you can find an offensive change and get Tavares and Marner on the ice. Like it's hard for those guys to create every shift night after night. They need a little bit of help like that lower in the lineup. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, they get it with uh, with Engvall scoring last night in Columbus where uh, you got the secondary scoring. Although I really thought it was uh, it was a bit of a screw you called a bunting, the roughing penalty. Yeah. Because this wasn't. And, and last night, let's not forget, remember Columbus took a, uh, a slashing penalty. I think it was on uh, Sandine that was really weak. But uh, but I thought this was the same thing. You had two guys sort of going at it, and it's a push. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to, if, if that's. You had a lot to say that, on the bench, though, to yeah. the ref. Yeah, but if that but if that's the criteria, then you're saying you can call one of those at the end of every oh. scrum, you know. Yeah. So I, I just thought, you know, the time of the game, uh, and that was right after the, the goal that could have been a high stick or not. The it's, problem is, though, like because the way he plays and, you know, like now he has a reputation for going down a little easier yeah. and referees talk about that and they all kind of know they're all and, alert. And he did do that in the corner. Right when he came out of the so <laughs> so when you talk about when you talk about well they didn't have to call it but like when you have that reputation they're not looking out like they're not going to give you the benefit yeah. of the doubt anymore if you but, know if you're showing them up but a lot of times Frankie in a one goal game in the third period the refs aren't going to say now oh exactly. the, I agree with the you time. there yeah, yeah like usually that's yeah. that's maybe a first period call where yeah. you're trying to set the tone as the official I just thought it was a little bit of a uh, oh yeah, you didn't like the goal call. Yeah. How about this? Yeah. No. <laughs> and it was. Uh, but, but again, I mean, those. We now, also don't know uh, what what's being said down at ice level. Right? Yeah, like something was said. If someone's, said, if someone's in your ear, although, shift after although, shift, it's going to drive we, you nuts. We could probably guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we but, have. But a, it was Olivier, was it not that that started doing the? the yeah, the he hand gave him the hand like, gesture, yeah. and yeah. that and then th- that warranted a shove. But but that okay, so that goes back to my point where. That guy, Olivier, he's a pretty tough guy. Played against him in the American League. Like, he's, he'll fight you. 
But, you know, he's giving you the hand gesture right in your face and basically saying all you're going to do is talk. You're not yeah. going to drop your gloves. I just think at some point you have to do it and, and catch someone by surprise. Like Taddy knows he grew up in Hamilton. You don't arrive to a fight second. <laughs> don't, don't arrive late to a fight. Well, and let's put it this way. If, if, if you're going to take a roughing penalty, get your, get your money's worth. That wasn't getting your money's worth. For well, no, but, but, exactly. See, but that's what it resorts to. When you're not winning the little battles, and that's where it starts. That's how you. That's how you take some momentum back. Is just those little battles along the boards. If you come out of that with the puck instead of the other guy, then you start to chip away at them instead of having to resort to well, whatever Bunting's going to do. And then if you're the team that's constantly winning the puck battles, if you're the team that always has the puck and you're carrying the momentum. You're looking at that guy saying, all right, man, all you're doing is talking because you know what we're doing? We're busy playing hockey here. Like, yeah. we got other stuff to worry about, yeah. and that wasn't the case for the Leafs. And There was, a lot, the there was a lot of frustration that, that was starting to come out in the second or third period well, when the Leafs realized, like, oh, my God, we're, we've just blown a two-goal lead, and we're slipping. And, and, you know, like you said, Jimmer, before we went on the air, you'd think for Joe Wall there would have been a little extra, let's protect him. we got a, we got a two-goal lead. Let's make the smart plays. We don't have to do anything spectacular. Let's just control this game through the final two periods. Which, which is and, really. And it started to get away from them. That's how they played last night, right? They, yeah. were, they were in the in the moment and did what they had to do. It's also a good lesson. Like, we, you could talk about structure and X's and O's and all that kind of stuff, decisions. Sometimes you just get out-competed, yep. right? And that's, and that's oftentimes what it comes down to in the playoffs. These teams know what they want to do. They know the schemes. They know who the players are to key in on, but... Man, if you're not going to compete, if you're not going to win little battles at crucial areas of the ice, like, there you go. You kind of reap what you sow. And I think if, if you're the Leafs and you want to take something away from this game, if you don't compete, there, you get to lose to the last place team. And, yeah. like, that's that's really not on anyone other than the players on yeah. the ice. And I think I've used this before, and it was, it was my favorite quote from Ron Wilson when he said, we can't control whether we win or lose, only how well we play. Because there are going to be a lot of moments where you get a bad break or goals start going in off skates and everything else. Uh, but this was one of those games that no matter how you try to dice, you say they weren't good enough. Is Yeah, is it and, is no. it bad? You know that quote you just said, you yep. can only control how you play. What if you can't even control that? That was my issue. Oh, no, you can control that, though. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd like to I hear always, from both of you how I, you did that. I always, I always <laughs> found they can control when you don't play. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I could really play that, and no, I could control but, that. But, but really, really, we have some time. Frankie, take us through your episode that way. <laughs> well, Jimmy, I was basically at the mercy of the game. If it was going well, it was great. And if it wasn't, well, there's nothing we could do about it. Can't get it back on the rails. No. Yeah, easier said than done. Yes, guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I thought the Nylander thing in the second period was interesting. You know, you know I thought for sure he was just going to pick a spot, and somehow the shot didn't go off, and then he got nailed yeah. into the boards and retaliated. But I don't have any problem with that. No, and, and even you know right away you're starting to think that's that can't be a double minor. No, because even when you saw it live, it didn't. And then uh, and it was good that the officials reviewed that. Uh, but but I don't mind that with Nylander at all. I mean, it was a little bit of a late hit. I don't think it was anything dirty, but I, I like to see that. You know, Willie, uh, you see him, he, he's been a lot better in the one-on-one battles yeah. this year. I mean, a lot better, uh, better than we've seen him in his career. Uh, but to have a little bit of frustration or a little bit of anger and throw a punch? Did you yeah, did, did you think that was more frustration because he whiffed on that shot? Yes. Or, yeah, me too, 100%. Yeah. Because when you look at the way that period was going, they didn't create many chances. Their best chance came off the two-on-one with Kerfoot and Yarncroke, yes. and that was Merzlikin's best save of the night. 
and then Willie gets the opportunity off the rush where we've seen that song and dance from Willie a million times where it's speed off the rush, one-on-one, yeah. fires a puck. We saw it in the first period, right? Yeah. And then he, he whips on it, and that's all they had. And he's like, oh, I'm frustrated now. To, I'm going to take me, it out it on you. It was almost like he changed his mind mid-shot. Right. Like whether he thought he saw an opening and was going to change. Yeah. That's like. It's like taking a big swing with a pitching wedge when you're thinking, I don't need this much. <laughs> and you're let's, on the let, side of the green. Yeah, let's decelerate and get <laughs> the, this. There. The skull. <laughs> if, you, if you had to take one thing away from this game, I know the big takeaway for me is that when you lose a member of the top six, like Austin Matthews, of course he's the best player on the team, all that stuff. But when you lose someone in your top six, how big a void it is right now. And it just kind of emphasizes the importance of bringing in someone who can play in that role and add some depth higher in the lineup, not lower in the lineup. Yeah, you wonder. I mean, that's a brief time of that Austin Matthews. And the Leafs have actually been a pretty good record with Matthews not the lineup until now. Yeah. Right. And, and this is where you start to look and say, you know what, they've given up. And, and what, what's scary is how much they've given up. I mean, the six goals to Ottawa, what, five or six to Boston get an empty netter? Yeah, five, that yeah. Was, so the... You know, that's, the, to me, the, one of the scary things is is how uh, how they've been outplayed in their own end. Well, just think you know, about it. They were, they were tough in their think own Think about it. You go, to, you go into a seven-game series, you're going to play Tampa, you're going to play Boston. I think the top six, even as is, you'd like to add a piece. But now you take someone out and you're like, oh, like it's thin. Well, but then you're counting on everybody being totally healthy all the way through, which is. And you're counting on more production lower in the lineup. I just, you know, with Austin Matthews out, um, that would tell me that everybody has to do more, and I sure didn't see that tonight. And this is Columbus. Right. And then, you know, so then you, you start thinking, okay, what happens against Tampa? What happens against Boston? I mean, those are those are serious teams. Yeah, well, and like we said, we can, we can go through the start of the season, even when Austin Matthews was in the lineup, how they've struggled against teams like this and games like this, and it's – uh, it's baffling because I remember we were joking. Remember the, the the game in Montreal? I called you guys. I said, "Don't you talk about?" What, what, we learned our lesson. What, yeah. we, we predicted a blowout yeah. that night, didn't we? We were so cocky. We, that we don't night. do that anymore, that Ralphie. Was, that was outrageous. <laughs> it's not our fault. <laughs> although, although I don't know if you heard Tatman after the first period he goes, "Yeah, it could have been four nothing," and then after it could have been seven nothing. <laughs> Just as easy four nothing, and now it's three two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's baffling. Then, you know, with Tampa winning this afternoon in Dallas, you know what? You may find yourself, uh, uh, you know, opening up a playoff series in Tampa. Or, I mean, you've got to be careful. There's, and, and Kyle Dubas said this in his press conference where he said that, you know, we're not looking about home ice. We're not talking about – and he started talking about Detroit's coming on, Buffalo's coming on, uh, Florida's starting right. to come on. So he was more of the elk that, you know what, there's nothing guaranteed. We haven't won anything yet. We haven't secured anything yet. Uh, and we've got to look after our own business. So you hope that these games aren't the ones that come back to bite them. Well, they've got a, a series of games here, Chicago twice, Montreal, and Buffalo, that could go either way. Well, one, one of the things that I was thinking before the game, too, so you come back from the all-star, the bye week, and now you have six games against non-playoff teams. And sometimes in the, the grind of a season, maybe that's like a little bit of a lull for you, right? Yep. But the fact that you're coming back from All-Star break, this is your main focus. This is all yeah. you have, right? Yeah, there's, so, there's no fatigue. There's, there's no long there's, road trip. Exactly. From, both yeah. teams had to play this back-to-back. They both had to travel. They both had to play on the bad ice, like Taddy mentioned. <laughs> and 
And so, like, that's that's your only focus, what's right in front of you. So I, it's it's a missed opportunity against Columbus, for sure. I don't know if it's necessarily a referendum on what this team is, but it is a little worrisome. Like, this is a Columbus team that had four road wins coming into this game. They're not a good team. They're in the Bedard sweepstakes, let's say. It was, it was a missed opportunity tonight for the Leafs. And it really put a, a stall on the Chikrin rumors. I mean, they just faded out as the Leafs faded out. I thought we were going to get a tweet here post-game. We were just going to talk about Chikrin being in a Leafs uniform, and not the case. Well, I heard some scouts say L.A., and then I, I know it's uh, media members had came out and said, no, it's not L.A. or Edmonton. So We'll see. It's not tonight. I have no scoops. The only thing, although I did come up with a gem tonight. Just one? Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> it was your best game of the year, I'm, I heard. Good for one a year. Okay. It's the first time ever Columbus has played in Toronto on a Saturday night. Oh, that is a gem. Yeah. You know what? You got all <laughs> this other information out there. I don't remember reading that. Just a minute. Was, let me, let me, was, let me yeah. write that down. Uh, last time, or first time. <laughs> now, I give Nick McVicker credit because I, I just asked Joe on the air. I yeah. Said, I don't know. Nick had the answer. Because usually it's, it's a Detroit, Boston. Ranger like Saturday yeah. nights yeah. are usually you know divisional games, so uh, yeah, I was pretty proud of that. Well, well I done. guess uh, <laughs> well done. I guess there's a problem here. Yeah, because we're not. <laughs> then uh, and I think I got the shots on goal right in the game in '98. Dude, so wow, you're on a streak. Resume you're building. Who who am I to say? You know that's. that's I wish you could have seen the facial expression there. <laughs> Ralphie, enjoy the rest of your night. All right, thanks, boys. See you, Ralphie. <laughs> Oh, my. So I, as, as we look down, we see all the Armed Forces members, and it's uh, like a horseshoe around the uh, Maple Leaf Crest at Center Ice. Very nice. I, I did also hear from Bonesy's son. He came up in the booth. He said, Ralphie, that was your best game of the year. No I, doubt about it. I, I don't know how he heard it, but <laughs> maybe he in was the in the building. He was in the concourse. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I think that was uh, some sarcasm. But yeah. nonetheless, 4-3, Columbus wins over the Toronto Maple Leafs here at Scotiabank Arena. This is Molson Canadian Leafs Hockey. Leafs game night on TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca, the iHeartRadio app, and the Leafs radio network. Leafs game night live from Scotiabank Arena. Jim Taddy and Frank Corrado with you until the bottom of the hour. Uh, sometimes you look at the game summary, and it doesn't tell you much, but tonight's tells you a lot. It's the second period, three goals by Columbus after the Leafs had a 2-0 lead after 20 minutes of play. Columbus out shooting the Leafs by a score of tw- or by a count of 21-10 to 10 in that second period and basically took control of the game, even though the Leafs did tie it. The Jackets never really took their foot off the gas the rest of the way, so that's how we saw it. Here's Captain John Tavares and what happened in that second period. Yeah, we didn't uh, execute well, and uh, they started to generate some momentum. You can see the energy in life they started to build, and um, we didn't do a good job of... Uh, Obviously, uh, starting out and then obviously slowing it down and grabbing it back. So, um, you know, put ourselves in a tough spot. Can you explain that, John? Yeah, it's uh, a tough one. Um, you know, and, and, you know, at times, uh, you know, teams are going to push back and, you know, they're going to find some life and whatnot, but we have to find a way to uh, to grab it back, which, you know, we've done, a, you know, many points this season. Um, you know, we came on, got a, got a, uh, you know, a big goal to tie the game, and obviously weren't able to build off that. So, um, yeah, no doubt we have to uh, definitely look at uh, this one tonight and, and uh, uh, understand just uh, um, where we have to be for 60 minutes. And, um, you know, maybe when a couple shifts, uh, momentum goes the other way, how we uh, have to respond and grab it back. A little more disappointing considering it was Joe's first game of the, the team of the year. 
It's always disappointing, but no doubt, uh, you know, Joe gets his first opportunity and you want to uh, do a good job in front of him. So, um, yeah, it's uh, uh, all around, uh, you know, disappointing. Not so much with your penalty call, but some undisciplined uh, penalties tonight by you guys? Yeah, we, we you know, we, we have to, uh, whether things are going away or not, uh, we got to be smart and, and can't uh, give the opponent life. So that is Captain John Tavares. We're going to go right now to Sheldon Keefe and what he had to say, and I'm told it's spicy. Let's listen. You guys talk to the players. I'm sure that you ask them the same questions. It's I can't do the work for them. Joe's performance tonight is You give up too much. You know, you have too many, too many shots, too many things in around the crease. So it makes it makes it a lot harder on him than it should have been. Does it make it more uh, perplexing in the show for you the fact that the team you're playing the exact same spot you're in? Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's for sure. There's no, uh, no, there's no variance to the schedule. We're both in the same same situation. Uh, so yeah, that's that makes it. Uh, that makes it tougher for sure. Um, you know, it's uh, obviously something that we got to continue to find a way through. You find it to be more of an effort situation or an execution situation? Effort. Yeah. Competitiveness. So what did you say to them in the second intermission? They, they got to make the decision how you know how important it is to them. That's that's really it. On top of, the, on top of that, obviously, there's the standings too. You missed a chance to. Tampa won earlier, and you missed a chance to get in Boston. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's, that's, I'm, not, I'm not focused on that. I'm just focused on the game tonight. Doesn't the discipline have to be addressed because of some of the calls that are against you guys tonight? Well, I mean, I mean, when's the last time you've seen Willie Nylander retaliate or something like that? I kind of like it, to be honest. You know, they want to take runs at him every now and again. He's going to make the other team aware of it. Um, you know, but obviously, in Bunt's situation, that's entirely different. You know, that's something he's he's got to stay on that line. How did you feel the team responded after the second period? What was your perspective? Ah, huge power play goal. You got a good opportunity right away uh, there, and uh, guys come through for us at a big moment there to tie the game, get some life in the building. Obviously, not enough to give that back, and then you know you get the you get the goal. Um, you know, high stick, no high stick, uh, whatever goes in the net, and, and uh, you know, we just couldn't get another one after that. Surprised that one stood? Uh, at first glance, yeah. You know, I mean, I don't have as many angles as what they're looking at, and, and you know, when you look at it, the stick's clearly above the cross wire, but that's not, you know, not where the puck hit the hit the shaft of the stick. So it's a little bit misleading when you first look at it. What's your message to Pierre after the first one goes in? Who? Message to Pierre after the first one goes in. In the second period, yeah, it's just habit slipping. It's not just Pierre; it's the whole line. Um, I, those guys are particularly those guys. To me, last night those were they were our best line, uh, and they they were had, had good things happen tonight as well. But we need to be able to really consistently like that line. That's what they do. They they got to be competitive. They got to be great defensively. They got to be um, physical. All those kind of things. And when all of that slips. Um, that's not acceptable. So, you know, that's uh, really as simple as that. Sheldon Keefe talking post game after a 4-3 loss to the Columbus Blue Jackets. And the biggest takeaway from that media availability is how Sheldon Keefe talks about his team's lack of competitiveness. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. That's that's not what you want to hear as a player. Um, and that's one of those ones where if you're a player in the room and you hear that after, like that one will sting a little bit. But 
if you look at some of the numbers after the game, this is the one that stands out the most to me. The Columbus Blue Jackets had 20 slot shots on net. Ooh. That's a lot. Yeah. But the Toronto Maple Leafs only mustered nine of their own. Now, to put that in perspective, Columbus is the worst team in the National Hockey League, as we know, and you can only muster up nine prime scoring opportunities like that. And really what that comes down to is you lose a ton of battles throughout the course of the night in crucial spots on the night on the ice, and you allow this team in Columbus to gain momentum and gain traction in a game where you had a 2 nothing lead, where you could have buried them early on, and they would have thought, it's just another loss. You know, like, we'll, we'll get through this game and we'll be on the bird and we'll be back in Columbus before you know it. But the Leafs weren't able to make that happen. That's a staggering stat that they allowed 20 slot shots on net to this Columbus team. So plenty of activity still in the building. The Leaf players have come out now and are greeting the armed forces at center ice and are going to sort of form an inner ring as to the uh, armed forces group, and and there will be a nice group picture. And we'll come back and and wrap it up. 4-3 Columbus over the Maple Leafs. This is Molson Canadian Leafs Hockey Leafs Game Night on TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca, the iHeartRadio app, and the Leafs Radio Network. Leafs game night live from Scotiabank Arena. Jim Taddy and Frankie Corrado with you. And uh, as we go over this, here's the one thing I wanted to ask you. The coach talked about uh, not uh, making life easier for the goaltender wall. So so let me ask you, when you were a youngster breaking into the league, did you ever play, were you ever paired with a veteran who didn't have a great game? And, and if so, did he talk to you after? Um, so my very first NHL game, I played with Alex Edler, who's a very consistent defenseman was really good for a long time in Vancouver he made that game really easy on me and then afterwards early on in my career I played with guys like Andrew Alberts very simple kind of predictable kind of players but there were times throughout my career and here even in Toronto where you play with guys who are a little more unpredictable so it makes it a little harder just to understand where your teammates going to be for you and, and kind of what their whole scheme is to how they play uh, but it makes a big difference for a young player if you have teammates who make the game easier on you and um, tonight they didn't do that for Joseph Wall and we heard Sheldon Keefe talk about how a lot of that kind of stemmed from their play in front of the net. Too many puck battles lost in front of the net. Too much sloppy play in front of their own net. And it came back to bite them more often than not. And with goaltenders, it's one of those things, Jimmy, where these goalies are good enough at this level, even when they're coming up from the American Hockey League, if they can see it, they'll stop it. Right. Right? Like, you, you see goalies have a pretty easy game where everything's kind of in three lanes, the pucks are to the outside, there's not a ton of traffic, and we say, wow, that goaltender looked great tonight, but really, like, his team did a good job kind of facilitating everything in front of him. That wasn't the case for Walton. I thought there were a number of times where he made great saves through traffic, found pucks lying in and around his crease, and that's not to mention all the opportunities that Columbus had that ended up in the back of the net. So, I mean, the the amount of quality and quantity of of excellent chances the Columbus Blue Jackets had tonight was um, something that was very noticeable, as we talked about before the break, 20 slot shots for Columbus. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if you ever have a game where – you're playing with a veteran player or your team may struggle in front of you and you're a young guy, someone in the room will come up to you and say, oh, you know, don't worry about that. Like, that's not on you. Like, there is there is that kind of communication. And, you know, when, when we think about the leaders that this Toronto team has, I would imagine, um, you know, someone's going up to Joe Wall and telling him, hey, it, it, it's all good. Like, you did a good job. And, and even the goalie coach, I mean, that's the first thing he's going to go tell him after this game. But, you know, think about it. 
Joe Wall had to face 40 shots yeah, tonight against the right. Columbus Blue Jackets, and a lot of them, 20 of them, we know 20 of them were from the inner slot. Well, I mean, that's that's half the shots coming from prime scoring areas. So for Joe Wall, I think he can uh, he can be pretty proud of his performance and his effort tonight. Well, correct me if I'm wrong. All four goals are from there, aren't they? I mean, the, obviously the high stick goal is off to the side, but they're those, all those yeah. four goals are within 10 feet of the net. Exactly. That's a great point. He doesn't get beat from distance. He doesn't get beat clean. Um, and and that's the the backbreaker, that unfortunate one, that high stick. Because you know, even if that's a, a high tip or um, you know a, a puck along the ice, he has a chance, right? Like right. that 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 one that's almost a high stick. He has no chance on that. We actually thought at first glance it went in off the knob of his stick. In right. which case, you're thinking, ah, oh, that's such a tough break for the kid, right? Because yeah. he's he's playing well, a good game. Because on, on uh, to the to the eye, yeah. it dropped fast. It dropped quickly. So you're yeah. thinking it's almost going bar down off the off the guy sticking in the net. Wasn't the case, but I think that like this is not the end of the the audition. Let's say for Joe Wall, at some point he's going to get back in the net, and um, you know you would hope that his the team in front of him makes a you know an, a, a big time effort to make sure this doesn't happen again. Well, there's back to back Saturday and Sunday uh, here against Montreal on Sunday in Chicago, where that's probably going to happen again. Yeah, and, and listen, he'll have to do the exact same thing he did tonight, and his team will have to give him a much better performance, more quality in front of him as far as making sure they're winning battles, they're being competitive and clearing the front of the net. But, you know, when you talk about clearing the front of the net, it kind of brings you back to that, do they need a bigger defenseman in front of the net? Right. Time will tell as the trade deadline approaches. Frankie C., you know, you've been a good guy tonight. Uh, you should take the rest of the night off. I will, absolutely. Thank you. Well, don't mention it. <laughs> don't tell anybody. I won't. 4-3 Columbus over the Maple Leafs. This is Leafs game night at TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca, the iHeart Radio app and the Leafs Radio Network. The out-of-town scoreboard is brought to you by Maple Toyota. Build your next dream Toyota at Maple Toyota. And check out Maple Toyota's pre-owned inventory arriving daily. Guy, it's time to Toyota. Visit mapletoyota.com. Here's what we have out-of-town third period. It is the Devils and Wild tied at two. Also in the third, Coyotes losing to St. Louis 5-4. In the first period, Chicago and the Jets are scoreless, getting set to start Penguins in L.A. against the Kings. Earlier today, Detroit 5-2 over Vancouver. Flames 7-2 over the Sabres. Canadiens 4-3 over the Islanders. Oilers 6-3 over the Senators. In overtime, 2-1 Predators over the Flyers. Lightning got by the Stars 3-1. Capitals got by the Bruins 2-1. Avs slipped by the Panthers 5-3. 6-2 Rangers over the Hurricanes. And, of course, here it was 4-3 Jackets over the Maple Leafs. Thanks for joining us on Leafs Game Night. Super Bowl coverage starts tomorrow at 5 on TSN 1050. Good night to the Leafs Radio Network.